I'm going to be talking today from the book of Ephesians, the first chapter, starting at the sixth verse. I ask you to grab your Bibles uh, if you have one. If not, uh, luckily we have the screen up today um, that will be able to assist us. As a matter of fact, we're going to start at Ephesians, the first chapter, uh, starting at the third verse. Uh, Ephesians 1 and 3, and we're going to read verses uh, 3 through 11. Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 11. It says, Blessed is the God, and I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible. Blessed is the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless and love before him. He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself, according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of his glorious grace that he lavished on us and the beloved one. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he purposed in Christ as a plan for the right time to bring everything together in Christ, both things in heaven and things on earth in him. In him, we also received an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will. So that we who had already put our hope in Christ might bring praise to his glory. Today, I want to talk about wealth in a recession. Wealth in a recession. Now, some of you are saying, how in the world and what in the world is this sermon going to do uh, with everything that's going on? Um, uh, Pastor Joel, are you getting ready to give us some type of uh, plan or plot on how to get rich during this season? Uh, no, that's not uh, what I'm trying to do today. Today, I want to talk to you on how God has provided us to be wealthy, even in the midst of this storm that we're going through. Uh, some of you are looking in your pockets and looking at your bank accounts, and uh, we're going through a hard time economically, but I'm here to still encourage you that you are still wealthy in Christ. Uh, we are living in a trying time right now. Uh, growing up, we used to hear preachers say that we were living in the last and evil days and to get ready because Jesus was coming. Uh, we heard people say that uh, these are the last and evil days and we've never had a time like this before. Uh, but I think that every single one of us, no matter what generation you lived in or what time that you came from, uh, you can agree right now that we are experiencing something that no one has ever seen before. Uh, I, I've never in my whole entire life have been mandated by the government uh, to stay in the safety of my home. I've never in all of the years that I've been alive seen people go through all different types of things where they're going into stores and taking everything all of, off of the shelf out of fear uh, that uh, they don't know what tomorrow holds. Uh, we're living in a time uh, that could be scary to most, uh, but to those of us that know Christ, we still have hope. And although uh, folks may have fear around us and although uh, there's terror going on uh, in the economy and in the world and in the government, uh, one thing that we have to keep in mind is that God is in control. Uh, 
Uh, and if God is in control and we are his people, then God will provide for his people. The 37th Psalm says, I once was young, but now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread, which means that God is a provider even in the midst of famine. So I'm here to encourage you on today, regardless of what's going on, be not afraid. For if we are in Christ, Christ will take care of us. So although we're living in this trying time, uh, God is with us through this whole transition. Um, we're seeing that this COVID-19 is attacking all different types of generations. Initially, we were told that uh, it would only attack the elderly uh, portion of the population. Um, but now this morning when I woke up, one of the first articles that I read uh, was that two 12-year-old young people have been attacked with the coronavirus. We're seeing people in their 20s dying from the coronavirus. We're seeing people in their 30s dying from the coronavirus. And all of this is going on, but I'm so glad that even though all of this is happening, God is sovereign, God is in control, and God will still take care of his people. This has not only affected us medically, this has not only affected us physically, uh, but if you are watching the news, you will see that this is also affecting us economically, uh, that uh, the government is trying to come up with ways that can help us. Uh, this week, 3.3 million people have filed for unemployment, which is a record in the history of all of America. Uh, we uh, can assume that those numbers will go up over the course of weeks uh, because it is predicted that we have not even reached the peak of this pandemic. And obviously with people out of work, this is affecting small businesses. This is not only affecting small businesses, but this is also affecting large corporations. Some places that we've never thought we would see their doors closed are closed on this morning. Uh, but I'm here to encourage you, even still, God is in control. This week, the government signed a stimulus bill uh, where they released $10 trillion so that the economy could keep the ball rolling and so that people could meet their every need. Uh, and this, well, the next couple of weeks, some folks will receive checks and small businesses will receive checks and large businesses will receive checks. But even through the midst of all that, it's only one check, which tells us that the government and the powers that be of this country are limited. And if they are limited, we can't put our trust in something or someone that's limited. We have to put our trust in someone or something that is limitless. And that thing that I'm talking about and that person that I'm talking about is Jesus. Uh, when, all, when everything else fails, one thing and one person that has never failed me is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I think that in this season, what God is doing is he's shifting our dependence on things that we thought would last forever to the one that is eternal. He is shifting us from depending on things that we thought were security to the one that is secure. He is shifting us to the things that we thought would never leave us nor forsake us to the one that promised that he would never leave us nor forsake us. And I don't know about you, but if I never needed the Lord before, I sure do need him now. I wish I had some preachers online that could help me on today. Uh, we are living now where God is now focusing us to depend on him or he's allowing us to focus on depending on him and not depending on the structures of the world. 
Uh, you cut on the news right now and you watch the news, you'll go into a depressive state. If you study what the media is saying, you'll cripple your mind into believing that there's no hope. And so sometimes in this season, we have to cut the television off and we have to get on our knees and we have to pray. Uh, because if we don't depend on God, we're going to be in trouble. Now, what if I was to tell you that what we're going through right now is nothing in comparison to a depression that had happened years prior? I know y'all saying, no, 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 this one's kind of tough. And they're saying that possibly the economy may never recover. But what if I was to tell you that the world had experienced the depression before? What if I was to tell you that the world had experienced something that was far worse than this? And I know some of you are thinking about the depression in the 1930s. That's not what I'm talking about. I know some of you are thinking about the, 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 the market crash in 1987. That's not what I'm talking about. Oh, some of you saying, well, you must be talking about 2008 because that was a rough year for me. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm talking about a depression that happened before any of our times. So you had to understand that in the beginning of time, <clears throat> we were living and thriving like never before. Uh, the world was at its economic peak in a land called Eden. Man was able to freely eat as he pleased. There was no hard labor. Unemployment was at zero. The farmers weren't complaining because the agricultural economy was at its peak. There were no pesticides in our fruits. There was no worries about famine because God would allow a mist to come up out of the earth every single morning so that the vegetation of his sustaining word would be sustained. You have to understand that Crime was at 0%. There were no murders. <laughs> there were no robberies. There were no thefts. And finally, healthcare was never in crisis because healthcare was free because there was no need for a doctor. And the reason why there was no need for a doctor was because man didn't get sick. And to make it even crazy, man never got old. But eventually man began to move into his own mindset. And he went to the tree of knowledge of good and evil and he decided that he was going to disobey the will of God. And when he ate from this tree of good and evil, he shifted the way that the world operated. He not only shifted the nature of man, but he shifted the nature of the earth. And the earth went into a depressive state. Crime went up. Sickness went up. Healthcare was in turmoil. Environmental issues were happening. Global warming was happening. And then a pandemic happened upon the face of the earth. And this pandemic that happened was called sin. And sin brought us to death. And this pandemic did not just hit one region. It did not just hit one culture. It did not just hit one type of people. But this pandemic called sin hit all of the earth. And man from that time forward was deemed to die. Which means that we went 
into a depressive state. From Genesis to Malachi, the earth was in a depression. We read all of the stories of some of our great heroes in the Bible, but we begin to see that even in all of their greatness, they still had weaknesses. Abraham had weaknesses. Isaac had weaknesses. Jacob succumbed to the weakness of the pandemic called sin. Joseph and Moses and David and Solomon and whoever you mention in the Bible, there was an issue and there was a time where eventually the expiration date hit on their destiny and they were doomed to die. Uh, but I love Ephesians in the first chapter and in the third verse, how it speaks of how God predestined us. How God, before the foundation of the world, knew that he had a plan concerning us. And it looked like there was no hope. It looked like the enemy had a mortgage over our soul. Because the word mortgage defined is a death grip. Morg, mort, mortuary, death, gauge, grip, death, grip. Satan had a death grip on our soul. And when it appeared that there was no hope for man, and when it appeared that there was no hope for humanity, God had a plan before the foundation of the world that we would walk before him blameless and holy according to the word of God. Hmm. So I see here that Christ came into the earth, and when he came into the earth, uh, we hear all of the great stories of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, but that was part of his half humanity and half man purpose of the earth. He walked amongst us. He talked amongst us. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. He did all of those things. But the ultimate sacrifice that he did for us was he died on the cross for our sins. And when he died on the cross for our sins, he went to the enemy's table. He went to the enemy's courtroom. And he became our intercessor or our lawyer on our behalf. You have to understand that the earth and man were hit with five charges. Uh, when Jesus came in as our intercessor, he went into the courtroom and we were condemned and we were indicted and we were charged of five separate charges. The first charge was that we were illegal immigrants. The second charge was that we were in debt to our sin. The third charge was that we were enemies of God. The fourth charge was that we were found guilty of our transgressions. And the charge number six was that we were slaves to sin. Oh, but I'm so glad that my attorney came in prepared. And when he came into the courtroom, the judge says, how would you like them to plea? And he pled on our behalf and said, I would like them to plead not guilty. Uh, the judge now pulled out, the defense prosecution pulled out all of their paperwork. And on that paperwork was all of our sins. On that paperwork was all of our issues. On that paperwork was to prove that we were not worthy to be released from the bondage of sin. But our lawyer, Jesus, came into the courtroom to defend us of all charges. Uh -huh. The prosecution came to them and says, there's no way that you can release them. 
Uh -huh, because they're not even citizens of your kingdom. They're not even your children. Uh -huh, so the lawyer came in and says, at this time, I would like to pull out my adoption papers. And he adopted us as sons and daughters of Christ. Uh -huh, the, the prosecution looked back and right, ripped it off and says, all right, you got that one, but we got four more charges. He says, charge number two is that they are in debt to sin. Uh -huh, I have a mortgage on their soul. Uh, because after a while, they had built up so much sin in their lives that it compounded interest. And now there's no way in the world that you're going to be able to release them from this interest rate of sin. Uh -huh. Dr. Jesus went in his pocket. Uh, the lawyer went in his pocket and he pulled out everything that we needed. And on that card, it said, forgiven. Because the word forgiven in the Hebrew and the Greek, rather, means that what God is doing is he has paid all of our debts. Uh, so we were stuck in sin. We were deep in debt. Uh -huh. Our interest rate was at uh, 100%. Uh -huh. uh, the creditors were knocking on the doors of our soul. We had a foreclosure. We had a sheriff's sale that was getting ready to take control. But Jesus came in. And he forgave us of our sins. And he paid our debt of sin in full. Oh, I wish I had somebody that could praise God with me. Uh -huh. The prosecution looked at him again and says, I still got three more charges. He says, the third charge here is that they're your enemies. Why in the world would you come into a courtroom and help somebody that's your enemy? He says, I'm glad you said that because now that I've come into them, and now since they believed in me, I now have reconciliation with them. So now, not only are they my sons, and not only have I paid the debt, but they're no longer my enemies, but now I call them my friend. Oh, man, oh, man, the prosecution is getting nervous now. Uh, but they said we still got two more charges. Uh, the fourth charge here was that we were found guilty in the court of law for our sin. Uh, we, done, we done did everything under the book. I'm not talking about one particular person. I'm talking about mankind. Somebody was a liar. Somebody was a fornicator. Somebody was an adulterer. Somebody had some issue over there. Somebody had some issue over there. And we all were found guilty in the court of law. We were stuck in the cells of hell. And there was no way that we were going to get out of this. But our lawyer came in. And he says, not only have I come in to make them sons, not only have I paid their bail, not only have I reconciled with them, but now I'm getting ready to justify them because the word justify is a legal term, which means that you are omitted of all charges, whatever you were charged with. So Jesus dismissed all charges against us. Oh man, now there's only one charge left. Uh, we, we've been adopted. We've been forgiven. We've been reconciled. We've been justified, but now this is the hard one. We're slaves. We're slaves to sin. We're under the bondage of Satan. And there's no way in the world that you're going to get out of this one. He says there's no price that you can pay. The, the, the enemy said, the doctor, Satan said, there's no money in the world that can redeem them. Uh, throughout all mankind, so many other men have tried to redeem them. But Jesus, I think I got you here. You don't have 
what is necessary to redeem them of this sin. You don't have what is necessary to take my shackles of bondage of sin off of them. They are going to be my slaves forever. Uh-huh, but Jesus says, I didn't come in here with money in my pocket. Uh-huh, Satan says, I'm glad that ain't what you came with because that ain't gonna help you. He says, I didn't come here with a checkbook uh, that you know of. I got another checkbook. When he handed Satan his checkbook, and when he handed Satan his checkbook, he made sure that his signature was signed in the blood. <laughs> because now when we look at the text, in the seventh verse, it says, in him, we have redemption through his blood. Y'all missed it. So we were bound in sin, but Jesus came in and cut the check and signed his signature in his blood. So we were redeemed by his blood. And when he finally signed the check and handed it over, we were completely free. Now watch this. He adopted us. He forgave us. He reconciled us. He justified us and he redeemed us. He dropped us off of all five charges. Five is the number of grace. And the Bible says in the sixth verse that he lavished his grace upon us. I'm so glad that on today, when I was in trouble in my soul, when I was in trouble in my sin, when I was in trouble in my past, that God came in and not only did he pay the charges, but he paid them in full and he gave me enough grace to keep living in, which shows me that in the midst of a depression, in the midst of a recession, in the midst of what the enemy had thrown at us, God had a plan before the foundation of the world to redeem us, to save us, and to bring us out of the captivity of sin. So if God can bring us out of a depression of our soul, if God can bring us out of the depression of our sin, if God can bring us out of the depression of our spirit, what makes you think he can't bring you out of a financial recession? What makes you think that God can't bring us out of this world economy? What makes you think that Corona has enough control to control God? And what I believe is that in this season, God has proven who he is. He's letting every system run to its limit. And when every system runs to its limit, the world will have no one else to turn to. And we will fulfill the scripture that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm here to encourage somebody today that if God can bring you out of the depression of your soul, then God can bring the depression out of your finances. He will fix this, y'all. He's going to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or even think according to the power that worketh within us. Do not be despaired. Do not become hopeless. Do not become fearful. But in this season, trust him because we serve a limitless God that can do limitless things in a limited world. Huh.
I'm not happy with how everything's turning out. I'm, I, I can't say that uh, I, I, I'm, I'm okay with this, but I'm okay with the fact that God is on my side. And if God is for me, who can be against me? Father, we thank you. We thank you again, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, for us to come together and to just have a few moments of worship and word. God, encourage our hearts, God, and God, allow us to understand that if you can bring us out of the great depression of sin, we know that you can bring us out of the great recession of this economy. Lord, we thank you for your word on today. We thank you, Lord, for how all charges have been dismissed. And as you said in the scriptures, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, for there is no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. And God, we're trusting you, God, that all things in this season is going to work together for our good. Lord, we give you all the praise. We give you all the honor. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you all. God bless you all. Amen. I'm going to give you our five points. <clears throat> Point number one, <laughs> and you guys can remember these all week. Point number one is that he has adopted us. Point number two is that he has forgave us. <laughs> Point number three is that he has reconciled us. Point number four is he has justified us. And point number five, he has redeemed us. It was through his grace that he has done all five things. And we're grateful on today that he has pulled us out of darkness into his marvelous light. God bless you. God bless you. Once again, we want to thank you for tuning in to our uh can really call it a podcast podcast, <laughs> but I want to thank you for streaming in on today. Um, I hope this was a word of encouragement to those of you that tuned in um, for anyone that would like to be a blessing. We understand that we're under troubling times financially. Um, but as you know, um, just like everything else, uh, churches are suffering just like the world is suffering. Um, and we have um, <clears throat> an opportunity uh, for us to give at this time. So if you would like, um, there are three ways that you can give. Um, you can give through our website. Um, you actually can just go to our website. That's actually the one way to give now. Uh, you can go to our website. Uh, you can give through the website uh, via PayPal, or you can go to our GiveLify website and give as well. Um, and we appreciate, we thank God for anyone that would like to make a donation in this season. And we will continue to pray for you and pray that God strengthens not only this economy, but strengthens our spirit and our souls and allows us to just trust him in this season. God bless you all. And I hope to see you soon. Can't wait to worship with you guys. This is hard, preaching to an empty room. Uh, but your encouragement is definitely helping me. God bless you. And I'll talk to you guys later. Goodbye.